1: and Airbnb your home might be worth more than you think
0: find out how much at airbnb.com slash host hello everyone and welcome to smashbox tv's podcast 483's after show what do we got going on here? not a heck of a lot it is uh I know we often say in the off season well you know things slow down they do there's a lot less golf to talk about there's just simply not the dare I say the the drama the chaos the mayhem of the the ins and outs there's some players that are posting about their workouts uh Gavin Babcock comes to mind I I Saw just today him uh, posting about some of the things he's working on. Him and Seth Muncie had, I think, somehow had a post together talking about uh, some details there. Uh, players going out trying out new discs a week or two ago. We saw Valerie Mendoza. I saw her post about a new disc uh, and something she's doing. We see some off-season things. I know we said just a week ago that Nico LaCastro had uh, got into some uh, not karate, some uh, some form of martial arts. That uh he was uh now finally trying out after a number of years. Mm. Uh he was uh was on the fence about it and now is into it. Um so yeah, there's you know, a lot of people living their life, a lot of people out there playing occasionally I will say a casual round. I think I see a lot of those posts still of, of people grabbing their bags and going out. And then there's other players who I feel like just go completely silent and I can appreciate that too. Whether it's for your brand or for your own peace of mind or anything in between, uh, a full blown reset or uh, you know hibernation of sorts um, sounds good. I mean, someone for instance who I see posting all the time, and you can't tell if it's on season or off season, is Madison Walker. Her content remains the same. Oh, it's the exact same. It's a it's- lot of nature posts and walks and hammocks and and uh, beautiful scenery and plants and flowers that only she knows the names of so a little bit of everything and i i absolutely love seeing it from uh, from all of them and like i said if you've gone relatively silent because that's you run your own social and that's exactly what you need uh i i've got no problem with it 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 makes perfect sense uh stacy ronsley made a post i think about something about her workouts uh i saw that today So a lot of players, you know, going, of course, that method and and building and strengthening and everything else. Um, So looking forward to it.
1: I was looking for an article here, and I can't find it now. It was Uh from a few days ago, Um, more or less talking about pickleball and the the fact that they're going to be taking, you know, the the PPA, I believe, of the Pickleball Professional Pickleball Association, is lowering their winnings for their tour okay and that they that they're more that there's a couple issues with pickleball in general but one of them is that they there's going to be like less tour stops next year and so they have to take a pay cut for their winnings the the players the players the professional, do. Players, professional players do yeah it was it interesting was, yeah I, I was just thinking like has the pickleball craze started to fade off and slow down like disc golf when we were talking about it earlier. And, uh, and, you know, I do a search for pickleball news and you get a ton of news that comes up about how, you know, there's some, you know, tennis players are joining and they're trying to do a, their own dedicated network and, and other things, but it's just interesting to see how the other sport that really took off during the pandemic is, is also kind of scaling back in some aspects. And I, I've been seeing nothing but people trying to create paddles that don't make noise mm. because that's apparently one of the big turnoffs is yeah, the noise the constant that,
0: clacking, yeah. so to speak. And I can understand how that would be. I, and I'll say that specifically annoying. from. And again, this is so minor first world problems. Right. But when even when we I was filming the Halloween classic in Las Vegas and there were there's pickleball courts right there, and we heard announcements and such during mid throw and everything else that's fine. They had in a tournament or something going on, but just being near that court, and when there are a few dozen matches going on and it's just a constant clack 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 like I could understand if you're not into it or even if you are, I could see that noise eventually driving you crazy it's It's so much more, uh, uh, um, I don't know what the word is distinct, not just distinct because clearly someone could say, Hey, I'm just trying to enjoy my bird watching or my free throw practicing over at the basketball hoop. And I hate hearing that stupid chain sound. I could understand that as well. Yeah. Clearly we love the sound. I could understand, but it's not, it's not nearly as constant. E- even if you have a full course of four players on every hole on all eighteen holes, and they're playing. You're still only hearing the chains every few minutes when you're near a pickleball court. You know it because it is a <laughs> constant clacking. I, I think "clack" is maybe the best word. Um, so I can understand somebody having that complaint.
1: Well, yeah, I mean there there are all these companies that are trying to come up with silent paddles. So like, mm. and I, I I'm not a engineer. I don't know how you would do that, but and still maintain the same. Uh, velocity or sure, and all the the kickback or whatever without yeah, yeah the the bounce off and and, and, and the weight and everything. I, I don't know, but uh, I just huh. I just found it interesting that pickleball is running into issues as well. Not that they're not still growing, because yeah,
0: you got to wonder. You know, and and this is nothing more than maybe maybe a silly timestamp of sorts, but uh, or not, but what does when will they peak? And are we still in the early stages of this blowing up to then eventually becoming, you know, one of the premier sports? No, I don't think it will. And that's it, not because I'm like so pro disc golf. I just in general, it doesn't it. It doesn't seem like it will. I, I don't feel like it. it. it it's, it's
1: never going to pass the, the big four. Yeah, it's never or even five. I mean, baseball, football, soccer, hockey and basketball. Like big, you got five ones, that, and then soccer is in the U.S. is more re- recent. I would yeah. say the last ten to fifteen years, um, it's never hitting those,
0: and you and you don't see it even surpassing than tennis. presumably. Pro- probably not golf.
1: Yeah, yeah, tennis and golf, not, n- definitely not. Um,
0: and, and then we are. It, it's going to be a, metrics
1: could be a little it, different yeah. in terms of it's how big or successful I mean, we're calling these things. W- would but. you? I would say right now, uh, cornhole is bigger than pickleball. As as you see more, um, you you can more easily play cornhole casually than you can pickleball, sure. and cornhole is much easier. To, well, I don't know how much easier it is to film. There's a it's a little smaller court, stationary, little, it's still easier because it's in it's usually indoor and whatnot. So and just a And we've seen it on ESPN cornhole that is, and pickleball is starting to hit those things, but I still think cornhole is probably bigger than pickleball but i i mean you could you could see it probably approaching if not surpassing something like that
0: yeah maybe uh speaking of courses and layouts and lands i had the pleasure i was down in southeastern wisconsin again today uh looking at this piece of property that i have now visited a number of times that i'm working on for design uh (laughs) And I, I this this maybe goes hand in hand with the idea of growth and professionalism and everything else. Uh, I was out th- at the pr- piece of property with Tom McManus, and there's a couple of data points uh, where the baskets we had previously indicated where the baskets were going to go on a couple holes, uh, along with obviously some of the T's. A land survey company called me up and said, "Hey, we've marked everything off where you had these data points and everything else for the for the GPS." However, two of these points look like they might be in what's designated environmental. It's not quite wetland, but it's another fancy term for it in their case. And we don't think you're going to be able to put T-pads there. I I explained how a T-pad is constructed, what goes into making a permanent concrete T-pad. And they said, yeah, we don't think that's going to pass through this agency. Based on your building up Earth, you're filling in da 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 da. So we're going to probably have to move these tees. You're not going to be able to have the tee here for hole number two and hole number four specifically. And I said, okay, but hole three, the basket's right in between those in that same area. And they said, well, with the with what we think is going to happen in mounting a basket and everything else, foot traffic can be there, just like it can be you know where you want to tee from. But the hmm. mounting of a basket. Is going to be looked upon differently than putting in a T pad. You're still technically digging a hole and putting a little concrete in it. I get it, whatever. Um, so these were some of the conversations that had to take place, and we're talking about a, a few feet. I mean, I'm looking at this map that's been plotted out by these mm-hmm. professional surveyors, and they have this little blue dotted line saying basically, "Hey, you can't be, you can't put a T pad within this blue dotted line," and we're talking about okay, but I can move it over twenty feet that way. Yep, that'll work. So that's those were kind of the things we were contemplating and looking at today. It was it was a really interesting conversation. And meanwhile, one of the surveyors was actually out there pounding sticks into the ground, marking off these fairways that we had designed. And I just and he was he, didn't, he doesn't know disc golf that well. He's never marked off a diff, disc golf course specifically before as a surveyor, and he's been doing this for you know thirty years. <laughs> And we were talking about, I said, yeah, this, I said, this project is different. I said, often with disc golf projects, depending on the scale and the size and the city and the unions and the, I said, oftentimes it's me and this other guy with like a chainsaw and we're just doing all this on our own. And here they're doing a a surveyor to then bid it out for who will come out and clear it. And so there's all these different steps. And I just think. This this clearly has become some of the natural progression. You're going now, pro on us, Terry. <laughs> no, no. Uh it's it's just the village, this particular village that I'm working with, that's how they're operating. That's the business sure. and and the, the finances that they're within to do. Because if you haven't been around that long, rewind twenty or thirty years ago, most of the courses that you see are played. Self funded. Self funded. And there was probably two or four people that went out and maybe on a work day they got 10, but it was probably two or f- two or three designers that went out, marked some trees, cut them down themselves and then Andor had a work day and maybe 20 club members showed up and that's how most courses went in. Now we're just seeing that there's that many more opportunities and these efforts can be so much more expansive. It was it was just a real sh- moment for me today and I've done about 30 courses and They've all ranged from a treeless ten ten acre property that has nothing more than two hundred foot holes on it all the way to some not quite championship but near championship level courses and everything in between. This one though is getting the most professional attention just because of the way the village is funded and i it was It was an aha moment for me today to say to this guy, "Hey." I'm not even used to talking to someone like you. Your, your services usually are way beyond the scope of what we can afford within disc golf. So it was kind of a cool moment to share out there. Uh Again, big smashy and supporter Tom McManus was out there as part of this. This course is going to be a par 56-ish course. It's not going to be um, the next world caliber, you know, world championship caliber course. I think it'll be a fun course in the area, uh, that's brand new to this community, and uh, it'll be 18 holes. and And when it's all said and done, I think it's going to be great. But so I don't want to oversell it either. I'm I'm not designing the next, you know, top destination in <laughs> for U Disc in Wisconsin, but it'll be fun to play. So that's the update. Some of you are local listeners, and keep asking what's going on with that course. There's your update as of uh, a few hours ago, earlier today. So, tell me
1: a little bit about your new minis over there.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, What's going on with those? I don't know how new they are to the rest of the world. They're certainly new to me, but I believe these are a newer product. I'm not paid to say this, but I believe these are a newer product. They kind of look like those can toppers. that. Yeah, they kind of do that. We saw a few years ago. But these are by Zing Mini, and... They they're deemed, uh, as they're written it's on the about back... the width of a quarter. Yeah, and it's called a flapjack. And um, they're wow. minis. They're a mini solution uh, that you could use. And it's just, they're so darn thin. This one's got a little uh, give to it. Obviously, they're quite pliable. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how they fly. I have no idea. The, I just opened the box today. You'll see it on my Instagram. I just opened the box. But they're really flat. And I'm thinking that some people everyone's a little particular some people put a mini in their pocket and they're like oh i hate how it feels or i keep it in my bag because i don't well, like how it feels in my pocket this is this is an even thinner solution well which is good in general i have seen
1: people who wear the same pants wear out their pockets from minis um but i could also see this being a little bit easier lost in a pocket as well um
0: i bet these things are
1: really stable we're going to use just
0: right at there. just for one comparison because it's right in front of me. One yep. of our uh, incredible uh, full color mini sponsors uh, coming to us. Uh, let me put that up because that's that's a Dimax mini. That's a Dimax mini. Uh, I think these are mini. This is a mini judge, um, and then these. So yeah, size wise. A little bit smaller, a tad smaller. Now, again, that, that's that, those are the mini judges, this the mini. Is it, yep, this Dimex. happens to be a mini Dimax judge, one of our smashies, and so size-wise, just round. a tiny bit smaller than that. And then just, I um, do that a little bit, a little bit flatter. Now this one's bent a little, but yeah, a little bit flatter. So anyway, again, I don't get paid to uh, to talk about these, um, but Zing Mini has uh, has hooked me up. Yeah, this uh, this one's
1: a Samui Disc Golf course, mm -hmm. and yours is the Disc Golf Guy logo.
0: Yeah, so maybe we'll get some Smashbox ones eventually made up as well when we're sending some of these out. Um, Here's what I will say that I do love, and this is really specific. Specifically regarding the Samui ones, when I do go back over to Thailand and I want to bring a bunch of minis... They take up way less space. They're going to take up a lot less space. They might weigh about the same, roughly, but they definitely take up less space. So I think, bang for your buck in that sense... Uh they're gonna be great. Okay. So I just saw them listening over there yeah, and I was gonna ask. I I wanted to uh yeah, good call because uh they they literally uh just got opened up today. And uh that's what I'm working up. So they're called the flapjacks. I'm gonna have a few for sale, a few for some special giveaways. I, I feel like tonight's giveaway is gonna have to include one. That only makes the most sense. You say so, Terry. Yeah. Um, so that's what's going on there. We'll get this other Dymax one of our... our uh, I know. I have to... I've got the... Sponsor up on the board.
1: I've got the little uh, spot right there. I need to bring down my uh, my nail gun, actually, because I put the... Put the nail right through it? No. I, I put the nail through the Velcro into the wall with a little bit of wood behind it so that it pops out so I can stick it to the wall. So if I ever need to move them or rearrange them, I can easily do that. So... And I just... I literally haven't done that, so... I should probably make a point of it because every time it's funny because this area that we're in, I really only come down here on Tuesdays uh, unless I have something because this is also where I sometimes work remotely, but I haven't worked remotely at all lately. So every Tuesday I come down here, I go, "Go, I got to put that up. And by the time it's like nine o'clock, I'm not going to be this giant (laughs) nail gun in my
0: house. Uh, That's something,
1: you know, my kid sleeps right. Right across the hall.
0: All right. I'm going to read off the board where uh, we see what Dr. of Disc Golf says. I've heard of many local courses in my area, the Pacific Northwest, either get modified or turned down because most of the land is on Native American grounds. Uh, Archaeologists usually have to get involved beforehand. Completely uh, practical and and, uh, understandable, I feel like it's crazy to think about all of the different entities that can and should get involved when it comes to various areas whether protected preserves for any given reason nature uh uh, wetlands obviously they don't want anybody typically filling in any kind of wetlands um any other kind of um just uh yeah i was gonna say any protected grounds for any given reason um and then, and then you turn around and on the flip side, and I've seen and worked with a course that's essentially was built on top of a uh, of an old dump site, as well. Uh, so, uh, water uh, easements, property lines, all of those types of things that can come into play. And then at the end of the day, never forget, uh, no matter where you are, make sure you get Diggers Hotline out there, mm-hmm. uh, who always get involved. Whenever it comes to putting in any baskets uh, or T signs or anything of that nature, wherever you are, make sure you get diggers hotline out there. uh, So you're not cutting in anyone's cables or uh, anything of that nature. Uh, Tim says course trying to go into a local park and a historic society guy is protesting. It sounds like they worked around him. Another good example uh, for whatever means, Um, things that can come in. One of the very first things that was noted when I went to this property is they, they had a butterfly not saying, I don't think sanctuary is the word, but they had a butterfly, something or other designated butterfly area on this property. And it ended up being nowhere near where we were really going to take the course anyway. So it wasn't, but those are the types of things that you have to learn when you're going to some of the initial project meetings of, Hey, where are the boundaries of the park? Where can we absolutely not go? Where would you like us to avoid? You know, and and what can be in play? Uh, So to know know that right off the bat is obviously great. Um, And that was one thing that they had told us. Rital One asks
1: uh, a good question. Mm. Is there anything other than cement that you can build T-pads from so they're easy to remove? And it really honestly depends on where you are in the country. Because you can always put down the old, as we say, the cow mats, the rubber mats. Mm-hmm. We have, we used to have those on our Dretzka winter course. Although I do believe they have tee pads now. Some of them do. Mm. Or are they still the? Are they still the no, winter I think mats? No, they're all still mats. still mats. which is great most of the time. Mm-hmm. Until you get a little bit of rain in a freeze, which then they they slide around. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can be that can be a problem. They're they're thicker rubber mats. Those are really the movable ones you have. I mean, you can put out turf tee pads, which in theory can be moved, but the, it's it's a lot more difficult. And to get turf tee pads right requires uh, maintenance on them because you've you've got to make sure they stay leveled, and there's there's uh, like a sand in them, I believe, that you need to make sure that it stays. But as far as like, m- they, I think MVP has like a rollable. Uh, AstroTurf kind of material that you could put out there. You could probably pin that down into the ground. So it's a little easier moved. But again, if you're talking about a permanent course, that's going to get a lot of traction. Those are probably going to get torn up a little bit.
0: Yeah. And I'll, what I'll add to that is, uh, for instance, the ones in uh, that we have on the island of Samui, are essentially framed up and then turf on top of them. And so it's almost is like a platform-type scenario. And I look at that, and then I also think about what we've seen on the Pro Tour. Again, not a plug for them. I'm not paid by them. But uh, Disc Concepts is kind of the official solution of the Pro Tour in these last few years for when we've had a, a quote-unquote temporary tee pad at an, at an event. And I think out in uh, Portland is a good example and a few of the other places uh, where they talk about the different things that they have in terms of the turf that goes on top of it. And then really, it's not only the The turf that's on top that is the throwing surface, it's obviously all of the significant work that goes in underneath it. Like we all know you can have the greatest surface in the world, but if something's not flush or if it doesn't drain well, or if it's uh, at an incline or if the pitch is goofy or there's divots in it, all of those things can negate just about any solution you have if they're not properly prepped. And I feel like... There's some companies and some clubs and organizations that have just taken that much more care and perspective when it comes to making sure that the tees are done well. You know, you, you when we talk originally about some cow mats, they were truly just mats that were installed in barns many, many years ago in Wisconsin uh, at a particular course. The surface, the playing surface generally was considered good. Mm-hmm. The problem was... Erosion and everything else happened underneath them because they were basically just originally put on leveled-out dirt. And then as people continued to play and erosion happened, the dirt and everything else from underneath it kind of wore away. And then you were the surface itself was good. The divots just... while you walked onto the surface <laughs> was terrible. So I, I I think that kind of answers your question. But the main point is the prep work has to come from what's underneath in terms of no matter how movable they are, it always has to have good prep work first and foremost. So yeah. those are some things that I would consider.
1: And Tim brings up T1 at Jonesboro in the Macbeth versus Calvin playoff where we saw Macbeth uh, hit the, the the turf that kind of got kinda up and bunched, m- up, on bunched it. up underneath of him. And for Calvin, uh, that didn't necessarily happen. So, yeah, uh, you know.
0: Uh, someone, Lindsay asked on the board, got any more of the disc golf rich shirts? Yes. Like I paid you for that plug. I didn't, but, uh, we, I do have some, uh, I will be bringing some out to Arizona this upcoming weekend and, uh, I have some both in green and in blue. So both colors and in both sizes, uh, I should get some of those posted on, the on the Facebooks and on the Instagrams, uh, as well. But yes, there are still some available. Um, let's get into the land of controversy. No, a
1: little bit. Ricky's Bitcoin bonus is back up over 250,000. So he was paid sell, 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 sell. sell. Um, Ricky was paid 250,000 in Bitcoin. As we all know, uh, a, a little over a year, what year, two years ago, almost now a year and a half ago. Um, and it dipped down to like 230,000 or something. Okay. At one point, um, but it is back up to about $260,000. Okay. Now, again, this isn't a plug for Bitcoin. This isn't a plug for anything because, <laughs> uh, again, invest in what you feel you want to invest in. You do the this research. This is not financial advice. Correct. We have to say that on the show. I think we have to. Yep. Uh, just just letting everyone know because Ricky Ricky ate a lot of garbage online after he did that. And it dipped way down into like downwards of almost 50% of what it was worth. Well, it has rebounded. Um, I, I don't know what it's going to do from here. If I did, I'd be a billionaire, mm-hmm. but in general, I want everyone to know, you know, Ricky is back in the black. Now you can argue that there's taxes and what would he have made if he had invested in something else and would have should have coulda blah, bitty, blah, bitty, blah, 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 blah. I don't know any of that stuff. Don't really care, but he is currently about $10,000 up
0: as bonus all right so meh whatever well with inflation i know with inflation obama and yeah
1: yeah, carter i think think it was carter's fault
0: i have a genuine question i almost posted this to facebook but i know everyone's gonna just get all pissy about it do it this is a place to do it (laughs) Terry. so i'll just ask i i feel as if and this is genuinely not politically uh driven
1: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve
0: today. As much as it's a legitimate question, who should I be thanking or blaming for the seemingly very low gas prices that are next to my house right now? because they've been dropping steadily. Uh, I want to say it's like 262 by me. Like the gas station by my house seems to be one of the lowest like anywhere within like a 20 mile radius. I I'm just impressed oh, by that. There was one I place know there's trackers and everything, but my on, for whatever reason my on, quick Oklahoma, trip.
1: on Oklahoma when I would go home from work, there was one gas station that was always like 20 cents less than every other one. It had like a uh I think like a Panther logo, like not like you to panther. but I remember thinking like, I've never seen this, this gas station before (laughs) this brand. Yeah. Are they selling us real gas? That's what I was curious. I'm like, is this watered down? I don't know. How can you, (laughs) why are you always significantly like 20 cents cheaper than anywhere else? But I would, but I would, but I would stop there anyway. So um, who
0: do I get me to thank or blame?
1: Both are me.
0: Okay. Personally. Well,
1: (laughs) No, I mean, gas prices, there's a lot of people that when they go up, you blame the other side, the president, whomever. We all know he doesn't control the gas prices. Now you can make there's discussions about what, whether or not he can artificially push them down by by pulling out from the reserves. But ultimately, there's a giant oil conglomerate, OPEC, that uh, that more or less controls the prices. And we can do a little bit here and there, but they they're gonna do what they're gonna do. Honestly. I personally don't blame the president when they go up or down because he doesn't do he so very little control over it. Like it's just there's so little control over that from from our president. I don't president. know.
0: I got to blame somebody or thank somebody.
1: Well, you can, I'm not sure who that you is. You can send me the thank you card, okay? And but the blame <laughs> card, I want you to send to Tim Courts. Oh yeah, he he's a regular. I know that's why.
0: Uh yeah, it's just um. It is obviously. Uh, most people consider it politically driven. I get all that, and everybody wants to blame everybody else. I'm not at all claiming who to blame or who not, not to. But I know that currently, the gas prices near my house are feel they feel incredibly low, and I haven't even looked at any charts. This is nothing more than a feel feel thing. It feels like they're incredibly low right now. So I, I, there's somebody to blame. I, I just don't know who or to thank. All right. Um, I don't know if there's a heck of a lot else that has been going on. We did have. W- would you say that it was is up? Yeah, upsets the word for the Packers. Oh, sure, kind of beating. Kind of. Uh, I, I'm trusting you on this. Okay, I'm so just saying. I feel like it was a significant upset. I don't feel that the like, Packers beat the Chiefs this weekend. I don't feel like it was a significant upset. So, okay. and,
1: and I'll say this. I think it was an upset. I mean, Vegas thought it was an upset. So you, you trust what they say, okay. but. The Chiefs have been playing very poorly the last four or five weeks. Mahomes has, specifically because I have him on my fantasy team, and oh. I've lost four in a row because of him. Ouch, yeah. Because you can't sit Thanks, him. Thanks, Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah sure. Blame like, her. like, you can't sit. With, he's He was, like, the number one quarterback last year. You okay. can't sit him, but he's played poorly, and I've lost. I've literally backed into the playoffs in my fantasy team, my fantasy league. Um, and so they've been playing very poorly lately, and – The Packers have been playing pretty well lately. So ultimately I feel like it was an upset, but it wasn't a huge upset. Um, The, what I really like is I I know they were, and I think it was even maybe Ray and Tim in our discord asked me a couple months ago. It was like, do you feel like Jordan love is the man? Do you think he's Mm going to be the guy? Mm -hmm. And I said, I said, I I, I don't know. I want to give him like eight to 10 weeks to just to see what he becomes because it's a young team. Literally we have the youngest team in the NFL Mm -hmm. and it's really hard to judge a player on like their first four or five weeks. Some, some quarterbacks come out and just are awesome right away. Some aren't what, what I have, what I think I've gathered is he has earned himself at least like at least two more years of like, Hey, this this is a guy I want to give a chance to. Do I think he's going to be the next Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre? I don't think so. It that would just be so difficult to to pull off to, to have the the three quarterback scenario for like the for the like the last 30 plus years. Yeah. And so that that would be or it would be 40 by the time he was done, I guess. That would be difficult. I'm very happy with what I've seen. I think he's getting better and as his team gets better or as his as his wide receivers and such get better, he will then as well get better. Um, upset, mild upset, I will say.
0: Okay, well, uh, nonetheless, somehow the the Packers uh, and now our, <laughs> I saw somebody else post today. If the Packers just win their next ten games, they're Super Bowl champs. So, <laughs> that's true. They just have to I win mean, the just, next ten. Just win the next uh, ten. Uh, nonetheless, that I know was part of uh, the overall weekends. Uh, activities was, here excitement.
1: And uh, I love it. I mean, I lo- I lo- I'm a big Packer fan. I love that the Packers are winning. It's, it's fun to watch a good team. It's less interesting to watch a bad team uh, early in the season. I had a little less interest in the Packers. Obviously I kept up with them, but I didn't make it a point to like, oh, I'm going to sit and watch a game. The chiefs game granted it was a night game, so I didn't really have anything else going on. I sat and watched the whole thing and it, you know, it's, it's fun to cheer for these guys because they seem like they're a good team to cheer for. I have seen a few Twitter posts and, and maybe memes from coming from some of the other Midwestern cities that have NFL teams that are like, really, can't the Packers just be bad one or two years? Mm. And to that I say, I hope not, but you also didn't have to live through the
0: 80s. I was just going to say, you know, go back like, to when you and I were kids. 70s and 80s. They was were Terrible. Terrible. Terribly. Like, from terrible.
1: Like, after Lombardi left, which I think he left in, like, the late 60s, all through the 70s, all through the 80s, into, like, the very early 90s when finally Brett Favre showed up. I mean, we had a little bit of here and there with Don Mikowski, but he wasn't great. It was miserable to be a Packer fan, yeah. and yet we still sold out our, our stadium and whatnot. So we we have had now 25 years, 30 years. Yeah. 30, 30 years of good quarterback play. Yeah. Uh,
0: some of I, it more exciting than others. Uh, oh, but yeah. Yes, but yes. Some I mean, of it a little more heartbreaking, but overall
1: good yes, quarterback. So play, I, so. I would so. love it if we could get another 10 years out of Jordan Love and just be happy with that. But I don't know. That's well, We did. We we went through our time where we were miserable for 20-plus years. Yeah.
0: All right. I know that went down. So, uh, yeah, take that. Swifty. Uh, update, uh, thinking of T-Swift, thinking of my then two daughters, uh, specifically the one that hasn't crashed any cars yet. So big shout out. We'll, we'll keep that timestamp going All right. as well. We are now officially... Has uh, she been driving a decent uh, amount? Uh, no, just here and there tonight. Uh, for instance, we had to drop off some boxes, some uh, my disc in a box and some bags over at UPS and all that stuff. Um, she hasn't been driving a ton, but when I'm, when I'm around and, and, uh, we, I can give her the opportunity, uh, she's been getting out more and more, still very, very tentative, still a little slow on stuff, which, which I'm, I'm good. She's overly cautious. Yeah, that's good. And, uh, so I'm still good with that and still has not, uh, knock on wood has not crashed or, or how, really even come close.
1: How soon after you got your license was your first accident major or minor?
0: Uh, it it wasn't that long after uh, <laughs> because I I was a little heavy footed on heading to subway to work. It was right near my house, and it was a what snowy, was the car? It was it was my Ford Tempo. All right, and it I don't was, think I knew you when you had a Tempo. It so. was snowy out, and um, I I just was basically too aggressive in an early snowfall, not early season, but early. It was early on in the snowfall and the road was just flat out slick, like super slick. And I did not respect, uh, all of that. And, um, yeah. And my trip over to subway from where I lived wasn't even that far, but I, I put my car, uh, just barely off the road. Uh, it was in on a city street off the road into a tree. And uh, obviously, thankfully, I was all right. Everything was good. Uh, the car continued to drive and was <laughs> largely, for the most part, okay. But yeah, it was definitely within the first year. No, yeah, I I would assume that was in the first year.
1: Probably because um, you would
0: have got your license sometime in August. No, it couldn't have been. No, it. Uh, and then yeah, maybe that first w- winter. I wonder if it was right away in that in that first December. That's a good question. I feel this like it probably long was December. Yeah, it probably was. If if I got okay. my license in August, I would assume it was then that first December is when that would have happened. I it, it, yeah, I would think. So, so my daughter will get her license in October of next year. Um and she's yet to drive in any snow. We haven't had too many opportunities. Um that we're going to definitely take nice and slow.
1: At 16 races at 16, I'd gotten enough points to lose my license until I turned 18. Don't. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Uh, Starting out in
0: the hole like that.
1: Yeah, I had it was about a year and a half. T- I got into a major accident, um, but I was on my way up north to our land and I was 16 and I was coming out of a gas station and there were cars parked. I needed to cross a lane of traffic and take a left turn. And there's cars parked all the way to the left. So I couldn't really see oncoming traffic. So I kind of slowly wedged out, slowly wedged out, waited, waited, waited. I couldn't see a car. And so I thought, all right, well, now's my time to go. But I, I couldn't see a car because honestly, I couldn't see what was coming. And the worst part was I was in a car, the car behind me with my parents Mm, because they they were to see you. Yeah. And so I pulled out the car, (laughs) a car had come out of quote unquote nowhere Uh right there or it was right there. Slammed on its brakes. I slammed on my brakes and we literally like bumped. It was just, it was barely a touch and I got out and my dad just reamed me out like what you couldn't see what are you doing and I'm like there's no there's no damage he's like oh, that's not the point you couldn't see and I was like no I couldn't you know and so thankfully there was no real damage to the car but that was like my first accident huh and that... then my first my but my first major accident was the next year when I was on Northland Ave and I made a left turn when a green light showed up and it wasn't a green arrow and so <sighs> coming towards me
0: you just pulled right in front of i
1: somebody. literally took a left turn right in front of someone and just oh, they slammed on their brakes slid i ended up taking out the entire front corner panel um on a brand new 1996 forest green topaz mm. um i'll never forget it and i her car had less than 100 miles on it <laughs> oh wow I'm talking brand new,
0: yeah, like she she got it at the lot on the other end of Northland Ave. <laughs> yeah, she just picked it up she, earlier that day. She, she had less than a hundred <laughs>
1: miles on her car, and this was uh this was late one night. I was with a, a buddy of mine, we were coming back from swim practice, and I just we were talking in the car, and I saw the light, and I just made a left turn. I didn't even think about it, and I just in my head, it registered as a green arrow, totaled her car. Took out the front corner panel, whatever. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah, she was I mean, my, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't total her car. I totaled my car. Her car had just a ton of damage on it, but but everyone was okay. Nobody was hurt because it was mostly just cosmetic, so to speak. But uh, my car never really drove the same after that. It was uh, my Dodge Colt, which shout out to my Colt because I loved it. And uh yeah, so we ended up getting rid of that. I remember having to call my parents, and the first thing I said, the first thing you have to say. I'm ev- okay. Everybody's okay. Everybody's okay. Everybody's okay, mom. Yeah. But I hit another car. Yeah. And that's when my mom, I love my mom was she just said, Don't say anything. Don't tell the cops anything. And literally by then the cop was standing next to me when I was calling, and I had already said, It was all my fault. It was all my fault. I
0: <laughs> You and, and, idiot. And
1: she she's just like, you, you just don't say anything. I'm like, sorry, it was all my fault. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, you're just so honest. Oh, no, I was so, so stupid. I was well, so stupid because so naive. I've told my son, I said, if the, if you ever get stopped by the cops or the cops ever bring you into a room, <laughs> I said, the only word you say is lawyer. Yeah. So that's the only <laughs> word you ever say, period. It's the only, you call, you want to call your parents or you want to call a lawyer. I said, I don't care if they're asking about you, one of your friends or anybody you know, it's the only words you say to a police officer. Hmm but i've never been interrogated unlike you so <laughs> that's
0: another story for another day <laughs> another night we'll I tell, didn't tell serve that story any time any anywhere really so uh, uh no that, that and i that has been the one thing that my i i told my daughter just tonight we pulled up to an intersection she couldn't quite see and i said you never sacrifice you being able to see if you need me to move or your passenger to move, like you always tell them move or get out of your way so that you can clearly see. Mm-hmm. Cause I could tell my big old head was right in her way. Yeah, she was trying to look for, you know, oncoming and she needs to pull up a little bit. She needs to stop and then kinda of creep up to get a better view. I'll say this TLC she's, creep? She's yeah, she's overly cautious on stopping like right where you're supposed to. At the line. But then half the time you can't see anything because like you said, there's parked cars or there's whatever. Mm-hmm. So as she pulls up, I need her to creep up a little bit more and then get a full uh look. I said, You always make sure you tell somebody to move their head or get out of your way so that you can see where you're going. So Fingers crossed, every single week we have a we have a clear and free update uh coming in. So uh best uh yeah, best of luck to all of us on that.
1: All right, let's do some giveaway action. Patreon.com slash smashbox TV. If you want to be eligible for our giveaway every week, we give away something tonight. We're gonna to give away probably a disc and one of those little flapjack things. Flapjacks coming at you. So And I'm going to go through the whole thing. If you would like to be eligible, patreon.com slash smashboxtv. Terry, we have 134 people eligible for our giveaway tonight. Let's get going. Let's do this. It's flapjack time. I like three of them. Three flapjacks? That's a good number of flapjacks. It it seems like it would be. Pretty solid. All right. We'll generate three then for three flapjacks. Uh, Our first number is 29. Our second number is 34, and I started them by first name. Our final number is 60. 31. Oh, wow. 29, 34, 31. Somebody. Only if this... she's five, three, bump, bump. No, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think those are. I uh, don't know. I just. It just made sense to me when I said it. <laughs> yep. So 31. Let me look who's <laughs> 31. Come on, sir. Mix a lot. Uh, <laughs> what do you got? Uh, Craig Sink.
0: Craig
1: Sink. Sink. Congratulations, Craig Sweet. Sink. Like I said, it was started by first name, so Craig is in the
0: 30s there. Craig, so Sink. close. Yeah, we had a couple Everybody people. Everybody else in that area, but Craig <laughs> Sink. Yeah. Thank you, Craig. Well, I'm just saying with with the 31, 34, 20, like, oh yeah, it, as the, far the, the number one to
1: be in that area. It, it truly did. So, Craig, congratulations. We will get you this. Uh, Terry will get you the information. You're a, you are a one dollar Patreon supporter, so we do not have your address. So send your email to Terry. Terry will get that from you, and we'll get that shipped out
0: to you. So thank you very much for being a Patreon supporter, Craig. We very much appreciate it. Uh, I was reading off the board. Tim talking more about his uh, poor driving escapades. Tim, stay safe. Uh, Massive Jay says, Katrina, been hitting up the Vikings games. Yes, we saw some posts uh, throughout the season. Her and uh, Austin uh, heading to some of those throughout. Um, Tim says, the saddest wreck I was in was a girl was driving her dad's restored 1967 Mustang and she rear-ended me in a crappy 77 Malibu Classic. Yeah. that's. Uh... Mm. Someday
1: we'll tell the story about you and I driving back from Milwaukee <laughs> with some friends of ours in the middle of a snowstorm.
0: <laughs> oh. I'll, I'll, the important thing is we're here and we're safe. That's the important part. <laughs> and that's what matters the most.
1: It's the only time I ever really thought my life flashed before
0: my eyes. Eh. Just, just a little ride in the car with Old tear Bear. All right, guys. You weren't driving. Uh, I wasn't worried. We're going we're gonna to call it a night here. It is relatively short and easy, and uh, we're okay with that. We'll give you guys a little uh, break <laughs> of sorts. Uh, next week, hopefully, maybe we'll have a Big Arm Challenge winner join us or something like that. That might be a possibility. Or maybe there will be some other off-season news that we need to check in with, and uh, we may attack that. I guess anything's possible. Uh, what will next week be the the 12th all right for Johnny V I'm the disc golf guy that's podcast 483's after show be safe uh, don't stress out too much over your holidays we all know it's a stressful and uh, and crazy time for a lot of people deep breaths remember your your safety and your well-being is far more important than any uh, any particular uh, material items and so just keep that in mind and uh, love one another. We look forward to seeing you guys all next week when you step inside the Smashbox.
1: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more.